Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey everybody, welcome to another Baseball America podcast. I'm Kyle Glazer. Got another great show for you today. We're pleased to be joined by Colson Barbas, Blue Jays area scout who signed Alec Manoa. Obviously, Alec is playing a very big role for the Blue Jays this year. We're happy to get Colson on to join us to discuss signing Alec as a first-round pick out of West Virginia. Before we get started, uh, just a reminder, this Baseball America podcast is brought to you by Rapsodo. Rapsodo is offering all listeners $500 off their hitting 2.0 and pitching 2.0 units from now until August 1st. Head over to rapsodo.com backslash summer steel and use the code ba steel that's b-a-s-t-e-a-l to save $500 off on all unit purchases once again that's rapsoto.com backslash summer steel use the code ba steel to save $500 off on all unit purchases and with that we are very happy to be joined by colson barbish from his home in richmond virginia colson you drafted alec manoa in the first round 2019 what was it like for you seeing someone that you drafted that high get to the majors this quickly and have the immediate success he did? Um, I mean, it's, it's been a thrill. And I mean, that is it, it, more so, you know, for Alec than anything else, just to see him, uh, a guy that, you know, as an organization, we believe in so much. And, you know, personally, it's part of what drove, you know, drove our interest in him in addition to the stuff, you know, but, um, but the person and, seeing him get there has just been um, it's, it's been awesome to see him and his, and, you know, and also his kind of entourage and his mom and family and friends and just everybody kind of enjoying it. So, and, you know, um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's been great. I mean, as for, as for the, the uh, you know, how, how quick he got there, it's uh, you know, that's, that's a testament to, to Alec himself. So um, that speaks a lot about uh, I think, who he is and his belief in himself. Absolutely. So I want to dive a little more into the process behind drafting Manoa, but first I want to ask you, how did you get into scouting? Take us through kind of your journey, how you got to be an area scout for the Blue Jays. Sure. Oh man, gosh, out of, out of school, God, I was a history major, man. So um, yeah, I wasn't, you know, I went to a division three school, wasn't good enough to ever get paid any money to play baseball. So um yeah, but it, it was always a passion, you know, so it was how, how can I, um, you know, how can I work in baseball? And um, so that started as uh, a, minor, you know, minor league intern, uh, you know, working, working, selling tickets, uh, getting in a, 
you know, in New Britain, Connecticut, way back in, gosh, 03, I think it was, getting in a uh, mascot uniform, dragging the field, you know. It, a lot of people have had those experiences, pulling the tarp, all that. So did that for for a uh, for a year, and then I and then I went down to uh, Columbus, Georgia, and helped. I ran the ticket office down there for a couple of years, in addition to doing all the same other things that <laughs> that you do as a minor league uh, employee. And um, so I did that for a couple of years, and then you know what it was? My uh, I ended up in Hawaii uh, helping. Well. I didn't go out there specifically to help uh, operate the Hawaii Winter Baseball League, um, but my sister is in the military. She was going overseas in 05 and was based out of Honolulu, and uh, I went over to help my brother-in-law with my two nephews. Um, you know, while she was going to be gone, the plan was to stay a year, and immediately when I got over there, it was, uh, how, can I, how, how can I make this work with baseball? So... Uh, the league was coming back. The Hawaiian Winter League was coming back in 06. So, you know, I immediately contacted some people and uh, and it just, it was awesome. I ended up staying out there three years. You know, my family all went back when my sister got back, but I was out there about, you know, uh, for, th for three years and I helped uh, operate the Hawaiian Winter League, which is, you know, gosh, it's, you know, dozens upon dozens of big leaguers now. Uh, from that league so but the reason I bring that up is uh, just I met made a lot of good contacts out there and met a lot of good you know people that um, you know I think uh, hopefully saw that I had kind of a passion and interest and work ethic you know and desire to work in the game and why I was just doing operations I think everything I did leading up to scouting was it, you know, it was to be around the game, keep, you know, get my foot in the door and then kind of just, you know, you kind of uh, master the job that you try to master the job that you're in, you know, but then also uh, trying to, you know, find my, find my place in the game. And it was, uh, you know, if you would have asked me 15 years ago, if I was going to be scouting, I'd be like, you know, it, it, I didn't even probably see a pathway to that. So, but I made, I made some good contacts out there and then, uh, came back in '09 to work for the base. Well, at the time it was Baseball Info Solutions. Uh, I think it's now Sports Info Solutions. But um, so I worked with a great group of guys there, doing a lot of video scouting. I guess it was, you know, defensive metrics and kind of got got a taste of uh, some of that analytical side. And then um, and then got on with the Blue Jays in 2010. So and it was. Um, uh, Robert Ballmander, who was with us for a really long time, is uh, uh, heading up our video. Uh, I started as a you know a, a video guy in Lansing. Uh, great staff. Uh, Sal Fasano was our manager, and just I've had a lot of good influences and um, people that I guess took an interest in me and um, you know and kind of uh, you know were in my have been in my corner and and from that job I. Um, I got hired into the amateur department in that for the 2011 draft. I, I was a, uh, a, our Midwest amateur video scout. So pretty much seeing all, you know, communicating with the area scouts and, and, uh, and seeing, you know, basically anybody that the, you know, the department wanted me to, in addition to kind of gut feel guys for the area guys. And so that was a good, um, good, good experience and good taste of what it was like 
I think to be an area scout in terms of the schedule traveling, um, you know, and just be, being around that side of things. And then, um, yeah. And then 2012, you know, from that, from that season in 2011, uh, that draft year, um, that fall, uh, Andrew Tinnish hired me as an area scout. So 2012 was my first draft. Quite a circuitous route and really an incredible testament to your perseverance. At any point, did you wonder, is this really the path for me, especially wearing a mascot uniform and in small minor league towns? To be honest, no. <laughs> yeah, man. I mean, I was all in, dude. I mean, there were, there were other guys. Hey, like, there's a lot of good baseball uh, guys I worked with early on that uh, could be, you know, could be doing jobs and could have jobs in baseball. And a lot of I, the reason I say this is there was some there's some luck involved to some of this, too, I think, you know, but I think if, you know, if you work hard and 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 do the right things, you know, every day and um, that's just kind of my general belief is, you know, um, and and have some, uh, you know, motivation to to succeed. I think, you know, good things will happen. So, no, man, I, I was all <laughs> it was just it was just what I think everybody starts or not everybody, but you start out, Oh, I want to, you know, you set your bar at, um, I don't know. I want to be a GM or something. And then, you know, along that, along, along that path, you kind of find your, find your way, not saying that there's not higher aspirations within this game, but you know, like I, I love doing what I do and, you know, being an area scout. So no, man, I'm no, this is, yeah, this is all good. It's awesome. Like you said, good things happen. You put in the work, you traveled all over the U.S. and it finally worked out for you. And now you're part of a scouting department that's had a, a lot of successes, especially recently. I do have to ask, what is your best minor league story? Because everyone who's worked in the minors has some stories, long nights, crazy days. What, what's your best minor league story? I don't know. We might have to circle back to that one. Because okay. uh, <laughs> there's a lot of good ones. I think. I think most of all, you know, like I'm trying to think of maybe a specific story. I'm sure the lights went out a few times, you know, like picking up the little pieces of fireworks throughout the, throughout the outfield, you know, on every, whatever weekend fireworks game. And you get, you're there for two hours past, you know, past the fans leaving. But, um, man, I don't know if I could specifically say one, um, uh, man. But I will say, you know, I will say I remember just all the people I've worked with and the people I've been around and there's a lot of characters and I mean that in a good way. But, um, you know, it's just a lot of good memories. Uh, yeah, the, probably, probably just the people. I mean, I know that probably, probably doesn't give you a sexy answer but, uh, or a fun answer, but that's, yeah, I, I always just, I think back and I'm, I have a lot of friends from, you know, my time working in the minors and, and people I still keep in touch with. So, Absolutely. And the Hawaii Winter League, you mentioned a lot of guys who became big leaguers played there. How much did that experience there help you kind of hone your eye for talent in particular? Oh, man. Uh, big time. Because, uh, look, you know what? And you know what? I'll think back to some stories. Those are probably some good ones from the Hawaii Winter League, actually. Um, I could probably pull one out here as I'm thinking. But um, just – I was able to, you know, we had such a small group of, it was a small operation in terms of just, uh, in terms of, you know, working with Major League Baseball, 
um, to operate that league. And um, so being around the field, of, I mean, we operated, like I helped run Hans LaRange Park in West Oahu, you know, which is like a old plantation field. So it was like uh, basically setting up, you know, we had trailers for, that's probably going to be a good story, but we had like modular trailers for clubhouses, you know, and you have Matt Weeders and these like, you know, dudes that, are, you know, massive guys, like professional athletes and world-class, you know, athletes coming in there and, you know, they can barely move. Um, but that's not answering your question, but I'd say just being around, it, it was such a small operation that um, I had kind of like, and my boss is out there, like I had my hands in all sorts of stuff and was able to sit there and, you know, during the games at least, like pretty much watch watch the games uh, night in and night out. And I'd say big time, man. I mean, and even like, you know, as a scout, you kind of have that, that uh, like Rolodex in your head of all the guys you've seen and um, that I always go back to a lot of the players I've seen out there and, and think back and, of what I saw in them at that time, you know, and, uh, you know, even as, you know, obviously as I, as I go through day to day now. So um, I'd say it played a huge role. Yeah. Looking back at some of the rosters you mentioned, Matt Wieters was there, Buster Posey was there, Todd Frazier was there, Yonder Alonzo, Lucas Duda. I mean, some, some real big talented guys came through that league. Absolutely, man. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I could keep going and I'd still miss a bunch. I mean, Chris Medlin was out there. Um, Gosh, uh, Dexter Fowler, uh, Chris Carter, the big power hitter, you know, for a little bit. Um, uh, Jabba, Jabba Chamberlain was out there, you know, at the same time that Andrew Brackman was a was a was a big time prospect. And um, God, man, and it was cool. You know, I don't know if it if you knew like that league. We we um, there were also kind of there were kind of NPB like Nippon Professional Baseball like had sent their kind of like, I guess you'd call them their higher level prospects in their, in each organization uh, sent their guys too. So that, that was a, that was a riot to seeing those guys interact and play together. And, um, and then we had a few even local guys. Um, gosh, man, like guys that even had some, some big league time um, uh, that played out there. So um but yeah, it was uh, a lot of a lot of great talent, man. Yeah, absolutely. Good to see the mix, different styles, different ages, all that. I'm sure. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, Daniel Murphy was out there when he was playing third base, and you know, and wasn't a big wasn't a big time guy yet, you know. But a good one, Kenley Jansen was catching out there. Wow. Yeah, man. I mean, you talk about a massive human being behind the plate, you know. So yeah, he was he was catching. Not hitting, so that's probably a good idea. <laughs> probably why he went that route. That's awesome that you got to see those guys coming up, and I'm sure it honed your scouting eye and, and uh, in a lot of ways helped lay the groundwork for you to, to sign a first-rounder. All right, we're going to dive into Alec Manoa here. Uh, first, we're going to take a quick break. And we're back with Colson Barbish, area scout for the Toronto Blue Jays. Colson, when did you first see Alec Manoa and when did he kind of jump on your radar as a guy of, Hey, we should watch this guy as, as potentially someone that we can pick. Um, so to the spring of 2018, that was the first time now he, he was a sophomore by that time. And I, I may have seen him throw like an inning as a, as a, uh, as a freshman the year before. Um, 
but you know he came in as a name so uh, in terms of like hey this guy has a good arm uh from south florida and just keep an eye on him but you know the the memory that sticks out to me was the spring of uh 2018 where he was pitching in relief and i believe it was against oklahoma state where he came in and i told him this when i first met him uh <laughs> when we sat down to meet that that next fall was you know <laughs> he was bad i mean he he survived the save, you know, it was one of those like heart attack saves where I, he threw, I think maybe thir- 31 pitches stands out and there were mo- a lot more balls and strikes. And the only slider he threw hit a right-handed hitter in the back. And, you know, you, you said, okay, he's a big body guy with arm strength. You know, that's kind of where you kind of how I left that day. And all right, you know, we'll, we'll see him next year. And, um, and then, and uh, it's amazing what he did that, you know, the, the work and the kind of how he transformed himself from the end of that spring moving into the summer and, and you know, never looking back at this point, you know. So, um, but it was, that, it was that game where it was, uh, uh, you know, a, not a very good outing for him that, that spring. And then I didn't see him in the Cape. You know, I was following, as always, as as we do, you know, you follow your guys in your area. And uh, I saw that he was performing well. And we had guys that saw him up there and, and, and said he had really, you know, really improved. And um, so, so, you know, again, he was, he was on the radar as, okay, this guy is, I think, a lot more than a big guy with arm strength, you know, coming out of the summer. Um, And, uh, you know, he's, he's more of a pitcher than we think. And, you know, not having seen it still, you kind of want to see it with your own eyes. So he wasn't going to be pitching um, that that fall at WVU. But, um, you know, some, again, all these things, that moments that stand out, I guess, where we were there for a scout day. I think they were supposed to be playing Marshall. And it, it, we ended up getting rained out, we kind of waited around, hoping it was going to happen. A lot of, obviously, a lot of guys were there. But, um you know, and then you kind of look down to the bullpen uh, down in right field, and uh, and I, it was drizzling at this point, but uh, Alec was out there, and he was throwing a bullpen, and I said, all right, I'm going to walk down there. Um, you know, we got nothing going on. I was just waiting around in the press box or whatever, and, uh, and I, you know, I just came away like, hey, man, he's a lot more – like, delivery was a lot – it was simplified a lot more under control and I realize it's just a bullpen, but uh, you know, and he was dotting both sides of the plate with his fastball and uh, through some good sliders. And uh, that was just watching from up above, but, and again, it was just a bullpen, but came away going, man, this guy looks way different than what I saw, you know, in the spring. So that kind of was just a springboard into the winter um, for, okay, this guy, this guy, like we needed to, kind of boost the the uh you know and the guys that had already seen him in the cave said all right this you know like this is a guy to see out of the gate and then I guess for me personally that bullpen kind of uh, cemented that as well so then you know week one Kennesaw State in the spring um <laughs> it, he didn't stop what he was doing from the summer you know he like it was it was really impressive man I mean it was like plus command both sides of the plate and put him away with the slider and the fastball, but um, yeah, it was really good. 
Yeah, he led the Cape Cod League in strikeouts that summer. And as you mentioned, right out of the gate was really, really good that junior year. How many of his starts did you see that season? How often were you in there? Oh, man, uh, I can tell you in two seconds. I want to say four or five. Um, I saw, I remember three specifically, and then I went back. Yeah, I saw um, I saw five because then I saw him again in the in the regional. So, yeah, five. At what point during those five did you say, this This is a first-rounder? <laughs> the first one, Kennesaw State. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, I, I put a first-round number on them and, yeah, <laughs> called them the big leader. But, yeah. What is the process for a guy who is that high potential first-rounder? How many different guys come in to see him once you put in that first report? Take us through the process of getting from that first report to actually him being the selection on draft day. Yeah, I'd say um, that very next week, I think we had – I don't know if I, I want to say it was Georgia Southern maybe uh, where they went, but uh, we had, you know, my cross checker was there. I think we even had a national guy, a national cross checker there. So, um, you know, you kind of, you, you make, you, you know, you call your guys immediately after that performance opening week and uh, you kind of raise the flag. But yeah. I was already somewhat raised, but um, you, you know, you really raise it and, uh, and, so from that point forward, you know, I, I can't say we had somebody at every start, but, you know, we had a lot of looks and uh, throughout, you know, all, uh, I, you know, in addition to, um, in addition to, you know, myself and, you know, Michael Youngberg, my cross checker, and then our, our national guys all seeing them and Steve Sanders at the time, you know, our scouting director at the time and Tony LaCava. Um, I think we, uh, if I remember, I think, you know, some of our special assistants, like, um, I think it was either, yeah, Q was, Paul Quantrill was, you know, even saw him for us. I don't know, Pat Henkin might have even seen him. So we had, we, yeah, we had looks, uh, you know, from, from all, from all uh, parts of the department and organization. Would you say there was a consensus that, yeah, this is the guy? Uh, as we got, yeah, as, as I wasn't in the draft room, but yeah, as you know, as the season kind of wore on, and then um, you know there was a, um, a yeah. I mean, I know Steve and Tony were both uh, at the start versus Lodolo, you know, with T- against TCU and Morgantown, uh, as were a lot of scouts. But um, but yeah, man, I'd say you know as as we were nearing the end, um, uh, it you know, it was becoming clear that, you know, there was some really strong interest for him to be picked, you know, with our, with our, with our first rounder. You mentioned he'd kind of cleaned some things up. He's a very, very big guy. We see sometimes big guys, it takes some time to kind of grow into their bodies and figure out how everything works. What specifically were the improvements you saw from that sophomore or junior year? Uh, just him simplifying, going to that, no wind up, you know, he tells you like, basically simplify because he is such a big guy, you know, and you got, uh, you know, long levers and, you know, more kind of longer moving parts, but was he simplified it to, to a no wind up almost like a, you know, you see a lot, a lot more of that these days, like a, just a small sidestep and go. Um, but yeah, I think that just really helped him. Um, in addition to, you know, I think, just kind of like you, when you talk to Alec, there was a moment where, you know, there was a period where when he got removed from the rotation that spring before the Cape, 
it was like, all right. It was, I don't think he'd call it rock bottom, but it was almost like he was kind of feeling sorry for himself. And a credit goes to his support system and in particular his mom, Susanna, like, you know, he'll tell you, he called her and she always tells it like it is like, <laughs> and, uh, you know, like stop feeling sorry for yourself and go out there and, you know, and, uh, and make improvements and, and, uh, you know, and, and kind of get better. Um, so I, I think it was probably somewhat something I can't put my finger on too, in addition to the, to the delivery, but something that, you know, like a, kind of a mental click for him also. Yeah, I mean, that leads into a big part of this is not just scouting what these guys can do physically. You get to know these guys mentally, their support system, as you mentioned. What were your interactions with Alec and his family and just kind of getting to know him during this process? Yeah, in particular, um, I, so it, it was all, it was all uh, Alec. Um, I mean, at my point, I had never, um, until uh, I think I met his family. So in particular, I mean, his family, I, I think I met them in the hotel, like, few days before the draft, like during that regional weekend when they were in town, uh, briefly, you know, it was just a, like, hi, how, how are you? Uh, but it, so, but back to Alec, I mean, uh, it was uh, like that fall, the first time I met him face to face was that fall, you know, when we go in for your scout meetings, fall of what, 2018, before his, uh, you know, before his draft spring. And uh, I think that's where, you know, that, that's where it just kept kind of building uh, or like a higher level of interest was, I mean, yeah, this guy has an infectious personality and that, I mean that in a good way. And it's uh, like, I was, so obviously every, I think every team was there over a two or three day period in Morgantown to, to meet with, you know, not just him, but other draft eligible uh, West Virginia uh, guys and, uh, I had on my day that I was there, you know, he probably met with, you know, 10 to 12 other teams and it wasn't a, it wasn't scheduled out for us. So it was an unstructured day. So it was just like, Hey, grab the guy and you bring him in and, and meet with him. So I had him last, I think it was like between nine and 10 PM. And I, you know, and I sat down with him last, I asked him to take, you know, we have a, a couple different, uh, you know, tablet uh, little exercises we do uh, that take some, you know, take some time. And then also just in addition, most importantly, just me sitting down and getting to know him and meet with him. And that's, that, man, he, uh, he, at the end of that, uh, you know, and he's the one who's kind of on the, on the stage, you know, for all day. And he had, uh, I mean, a hundred percent focus, interest uh, in the conversation, and he was so engaged. And I mean, it was just like it was impressive. I mean, to to, to tell you that, and and just the the things that we talked about were were uh, had good substance, and it just left you really believing in him as a person. And uh, so, yeah, that that was it. You know, that was the main one, and then. Um, you know, just other information that I had gathered too is like these, there were guys a couple of years before that, uh, you know, I like to ask other players, you know, like who's, who are some, uh, who are some of your best teammates, you know, team leaders. And there were guys when he was a freshman, uh, which is someone, which is, you don't hear a lot of this, but there were guys telling me, 
in draft meetings that I had two years before that, you know, oh, this freshman that we have, man, he's, he's, you know, he's a leader, you know, some other terms that they would use. And I'm like, wow, really? Okay. <laughs> so that, that stuck out to me. Um, yeah, man. So, I mean, like, and then, and then there were just other, I mean, it was, it was that meeting. And then uh, I think we talked once more in that winter and then we met with them a little more in depth um, with kind of, it was some of our high performance, like Steve Sanders, Tony Okava, uh, high performance came like our high performance department uh, came in and, and we uh, kind of sat down with them and did a deeper you know meeting as the draft got closer. So everything's starting to line up here. The mental components there, the physical component is there, the performance is there. You mentioned you weren't in the draft room, but draft day comes around. How much influence did you have? Were you calling guys, banging the table? How did it all kind of play out where Alec Manoa became a member of the Blue Jays organization? Uh, you know, I said my piece and <laughs> like, you know, I think from, you know, just the conversations, I think it's just kind of like a, uh, it, it builds throughout the spring. So just from, you know, like the fall and winter meetings that we have and talking about the player uh, about Alec and then um, into that first look in the spring, you know, and not only what kind of like the notes I put from that fall meeting with Alec uh, at West Virginia to uh, that first start at Kennesaw. Like, so, you know, guys are reading all that stuff either in the front office and, or, you know, our bosses in the amateur department. And, and just, I'm also, ha you know, we have conversations in person and on the phone. And, uh, so I think a lot of that, I'm like, I guess I'm, I'm pounding the, I guess, proverbial table, like as we go along. So, you know, in my draft meeting, um, you know, before in May, you know, that year, and then, um, and then leading up, you know, I did a lot of back, we did a lot of, did a lot of makeup, you know, background work on them. And, uh, and, you know, I, that all, you know, it was really impressive and kind of further kind of cements your, uh, conviction. And, and then just, you go into the, uh, I think those guys went in the draft room and, uh, you know, it's not just me, but all the other guys that really liked him and, you know, also our, our analytical department and those guys that, uh, there was, you know, it, it was, it was a great, uh, it was just a great process all around in terms of, uh, you know, how we got to, to, to selecting Alec. So that's what, I think that's what even makes it uh, even more, I think, rewarding at this point. You make the selection and immediately he goes out to short season Vancouver and is really, really good. It's only 17 innings, six starts, short outings each time, but really, really good. Uh, 27 strikeouts to five walks as an area guy. What's it like for you seeing the guy you just drafted and put everything on the table for and go out and have some immediate success? No, just proud. <laughs> yeah, man. He's, yeah, just, and really happy for him. But yeah, I mean, you know, you, you try not to, <laughs> you know, you get excited and you, you can't help but follow, you know, the guys after you sign them, you know. Um, uh, so, you know, so not that you <laughs> you can't live and die by all this, you know, minor league performance stuff, but you know, it's exciting, man, when guys perform out of the gate and uh, yeah. So just, yeah, just proud and proud of him. Are there nerves for as an area scout, a guy you sign, if he goes out and gets bombs first few outings or something doesn't work out. I mean, I guess naturally, but 
yeah, I, but if you had, but if you, you know, but if you believe in the player and you believe in the kid and, um, then yeah, you don't get wrapped up in the, you know, right out of the gate that like, you know, that's why they call it player development, you know, and these guys, you know, they're not, I don't, I don't care. Even 23 year old guy that might look physically mature, you know, and you sign him late in the draft, like he's not, he's not, you know, he's not done developing, you know, in, in one way or another, you know? So um, the reason I say that is, yeah, it's, you know, guys come at different times and development timetables are, are, are all, you know, vary. And uh, so, no, I mean, I, you know, if, if you, I think if you believe in yourself and you're, you know, convicted enough as a scout, like that, that you know, yeah, you're not, you're not doubting yourself. And there was certainly no reason to doubt anything with Alec. As we mentioned, he went out, was really, really good in the Northwest League that year. 2020, obviously, no minor league season. Everything got shut down. This spring training, he really, really started to make waves. I remember making some calls in spring training. We do a piece every year where we highlight the top spring training performers. And his name came up again and again and again. Some of the outings he had against the Yankees in particular in spring training really put him on the map. What were you hearing and how much did you continue having a relationship with him after the draft through the pandemic and into this year? Um, so to touch on the first part of that, what were, what was I hearing uh, about spring, the spring training performances was just our guys like our uh, down in player development and even the guys that um, through our amateur staff, you know, that had, that were talking to um, that were talking to some of the, our player development people were, we're set, you know, we're getting, you know, rave reviews and there's even a few, you know, pro scouts that, that uh, were down at spring training that, that uh, kind of would text and say, Oh my God, man. You know, it's like, it's really impressive what's coming out. So, um, so that's kind of in terms of like what, I, what you'd see. And then it was like video clips and I don't even know how much, like, I guess there was some minor league stuff on TV, minor league, like MLB network in terms of spring training games, but I don't know if any of his starts were on there, I don't think. But um, so, yeah, I mean, that's kind of like, you know, we have some video in our, in our internal system of, you know, of of him pitching too. So I was able to watch, you know, some that way, but um, other than that, man, no, just like I'd check in uh, just, just occasionally check in with him um, uh, throughout the, you know, throughout the COVID shutdown and all that and uh, talk to him, he, you know, he had opened a, he'd opened a gym for, you know, for himself down there. Uh, he and his brother uh, down in, you know, in their hometown uh, during that. So he had a spot to work out. So he, uh, he put, you know, some of that uh, bonus to, to good use and, um, and the right way. So, um, but no, just, just kind of more so, Hey, how you doing? You know, not always just baseball stuff, just making sure he's doing well, family as well. And, uh, yeah, man. And then, and then just kind of like attaboys, you know, as you, as you go and congrats and stuff like that. So, but again, spring training really, really opened to eyes, goes out to AAA, dominates, gets the call for his first major league start May 27th against the Yankees. Went out through six scoreless innings, seven strikeouts, just a remarkable performance for a major league debut. I assume you were watching it. Yeah, I actually, uh, Gil Kim <laughs> encouraged me to, you know, I was, I think I was on, I was at home a couple of days before and he encouraged me. I didn't have any, so that was, uh, 
during uh, conference tournament coverage, uh, you know, for, for division one. And uh, I, I didn't have to cover a conference tournament. So I was somewhat flexible with my schedule. Uh, so he, he, you know, I was like, God, oh, New York city, it's pretty, you know, Yankee stadium. That's pretty cool. And uh, it's not that long. What's it, you know, five, five and a half to six hour drive from Richmond. So he encouraged me and I hopped in the car and, and went up there. And uh, so, yeah, man, I was actually, I was at the stadium. It was cool. That's awesome. What were you thinking? Was your heart pounding? He goes up there. First major league hitter he faces DJ Lemayhu, and then he has Rudin Odor, Aaron Judge. I mean, what what was that like for you watching that first? Yeah, and he walked DJ too. <laughs> yeah, walk. Yeah, leadoff walk. I mean, what what were you thinking? Was your heart pounding? What was going on? No, I mean, no. Actually, his probably wasn't either. I don't know. Um, but no, I I mean, I guess yeah, somewhat. I don't know if it was pounding, but yeah, there was definitely. Uh, it's. I mean, it's exciting. I I kind of in those moments I just, I sat by myself. I didn't have anybody with me that drove up with me anyway, but I just kind of sat by myself and uh, I enjoyed just kind of, you know, watching him work and watching the game. But I mean, what was I thinking? I mean, after he walks the first guy, you're like, oh boy. But then at the same time, like, and I mean this at the same time, again, and I don't want to keep going back, but I mean, you believe, I believe in Alec and his belief in himself that you're like, all right, he's going to be, he's going to be all right. And I sincerely mean that. And he, and he was, you know, he showed yeah. good poise and, and, and really, uh, he wasn't scared of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Lead off walk comes right back, strikes out a door, strikes out Aaron judge. Uh, I have to ask, seeing him strike out Aaron judge, I would imagine that was, that was a pretty cool sight. Yeah, it was cool, man. Yeah, definitely. And hey, man, that, that change up that he threw to, to uh, a door too, you know, because that was a question that people had coming into the draft was, I don't know, does he have a third pitch? And, you know, he didn't really need it at West Virginia. So to see him come out there and the development of the change has been really, his change up has been really encouraging. And, um, you know, he'd always, he'd always flash you some good ones at, at West Virginia, but he just didn't need it a lot. So, but uh, yeah, he threw, he, he got a door kind of looking silly too. Yeah, again, just seeing you go through and go back and look through the game. He, he actually got LeMahieu, then struck him out the second time through. I mean, just really, really bounced back. You mentioned that leadoff walk. He only walked one more batter the rest of the game. Uh, got through six scoreless, seven punch outs. Uh, and, and he's continued to have success here throughout his rookie season and, and has really become one of the, the bigger, more important pitchers for the Blue Jays uh, as we sit here recording this. It's a two nine O ERA and eight starts. He's averaging well over a strikeout per inning. I mean, he's really settled into the rotation. We mentioned earlier, you believed in him. He was obviously a, a college guy, first rounder, who you always hope those guys can move relatively quickly. But for him to be in a major league rotation, having the success he's had really two years after being drafted and, and not even having a, one year of that to actually pitch in the minor leagues, has it come together even faster than you expected? Uh, I'd be lying if I said if I, you know, if I said no, <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, but yeah, all the credit goes to him man. the commitment to, to um, put himself in good shape and um, you know, and, and his, his, uh, his routines have been, you know, real, really good. And, uh, and he just like, he, he's really uh yeah, I think the alt site was big for him, and I think he'd tell you the same. Uh, last year, a lot of guys seem to have said that, you know, um, about that alt site. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's uh, 
it's it's been really impressive what he's been able to do so far. You'd had one big leader before. You drafted and signed Ryan McBroom, a 15th rounder, also out of West Virginia. He reached the major leagues with the Royals. Minow was your second big leaguer. Was it still the same level of excitement as the first? Um, yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I think Alex, like, uh, I mean, to make a, a starting pitcher is probably a little bit different. You know, like starting pitcher, Yankee Stadium, that was pretty, you know, that, that was kind of uh, highly anticipated. But um, at the same time, yeah, I mean, uh, Ryan's, McBroom's a, a great, a great dude. And uh, uh, I was really excited for him when he got, you know, he went, he got traded from the Yankees to the Royals in that, uh, you know, we had traded him to the Yankees a few years before, but then when he got traded to the Royals for that September, you know, and, and got the September call, um, that was really exciting too, so. Absolutely. Well, Colson, thank you so, so much for joining us and uh, congratulations on having another big leaguer. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Appreciate it, man. Once again, everybody, that was Colson Barbish, the Blue Jays area scout for currently Virginia and Eastern North Carolina, but previously West Virginia and the Mid-Atlantic. And even before that, Ohio, Michigan, and West Virginia. Just an awesome story about everything he went through to live out his dream and become a scout to being the signing scout for really someone who's a, a big, big part of the Blue Jays' future and really a big part of their present as well. We're very, very happy Colson was able to join us today. And we thank you as well for listening. This has been another BA Scout Series podcast. Go ahead and give us a review on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, whatever platform you're listening on. We'd love to hear from you. For Colson Barbish, I'm Kyle Glazer. Thanks for listening, everybody. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.